early childhood exposure to how my mother was being compassionate to people around her. You know, I, I see that she was very, very compassionate. So that's I picked from her, to be honest. So, and I look at people today, you know, compassionate living should be the focus of our existence or our existential life. Because of all the things we're going to be, one thing that will stand us out when we leave the world is the feeling we left behind in the heart of other people. And that feeling originates from a heart that is very compassionate. And that what drives me every day, you know, to bring these feelings out and give it to the world out there. And that for me is why I'm doing most of the things I do right now. Trying to live life from the compassionate point of view or perspective. And this is necessary in the world today. It's, it's what the world is hungry for. It's, it's a hunger in the world. How many of us or how many people can we can, can be compassionate right now? And um, you know, you, you, you can you, you can be passionate about what you do, what you want to achieve. It's like what drives you. But for who and to who? Taking off the mask podcast. My name is Ashanti Branch, and I'm really glad you joined us. As you can see, or maybe here, I'm on location again. I'm here in Mountain View, California, on Shoreline Boulevard, here at the Google offices. This is where the Google Plex is, and um, it's around lunchtime, so there's cars everywhere. There's a lot of noise. I've tried to find the quietest place, which seems like I'm on a corner, but every place is on a corner uh, where I can actually record. You know, there's a lot of rules here. So I am giving you this uh, podcast intro on location and I want to thank you for being here. Um, today's guest is Ola Akinwe. Ola is from Nigeria. Uh, we've been knowing each other for about five years now, four or five years, and I am sponsoring one of his boys. He's the CEO of the Boys Mentoring Advocacy Network, B-Man. And I'm really excited because Samson, who I've been sponsoring for about his whole high school career, he is about to graduate high school. He's finishing his last year of high school. He is working on his big exams, prepare for college. And it's been a great benefit for me to really support him in his education, his journey. Uh, he's been through a lot. Um, and not to talk about Samson so much in this hour, but this is about Ola. And what you'll get to hear from Ola is his heart, his passion to supporting boys and their development and growth. Um, really been excited to the work that they're doing and bringing people from around the world together to have these healthy conversations. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. One of the things that you will hear in this conversation is around the world, people can see the value and the need of raising healthy boys to become men who are taking their community serious, who are taking their future serious, taking their health, mentally health, physical health, their well-being serious. And I'm glad that Ola is a part of this work as well. And so as we continue to work and talk to men from around the world, um, if you have not yet made a mask, please make a mask, millionmask.org. If you know anybody you think we should talk to around the world, even in your own city, right here and where we live in the Bay Area, reach out to them, tell them about us, tell us about them one way or the other, get us in touch. And we hope that as we continue having these conversations with men and boys of all ages, of all backgrounds, that we can see that we as men feel a lot and yet we've been told so often that we are not allowed to so i want to just really invite you and thank you for being a part of this podcast you know we are already past 100 episodes it's hard to believe sometimes but i'm truly thankful for everything that you've done to be a part of this journey with us and if you haven't already saved the date 11 11 22 11 11 22 we have the relaunch of the million mask movement and some other surprises happening. So we look forward to talking to you soon. Take care, everybody. Bye. 
Hola, welcome to the Taking Off the Mask podcast. I am so glad to have you here. Oh, thank you, Mr. Branch. I'm happy to be on this uh, platform. I've been looking for the opportunity to be part, and here I am from Nigeria. So glad to be here right now. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And, you know, um, what I want you to do is first is to introduce yourself. Uh, we want our guests to introduce themselves first and tell the people what you want them to know about you. And um, after you introduce yourself, we'll jump in. Yeah, thank you for that. I'm Ola Akinwe, founder of Boys Mentoring Advocacy Network. Uh, BMAN is a boys organization that helps to cultivate boys to become healthy, responsible, and uh, achieve uh, uh, healthy manhood. It's a journey that started in 2017 after an experience I had with a young man I admitted into his school then, and I found out that in the course of the admission, uh, he has had previous challenges. So in that way, I risked whatever was going to come to me to support this young man to stay in school. Um, fortunately, two weeks after he was admitted, he was caught to have stolen from his classmates. And that was an automatic expulsion based on the school regulations and rules. Uh, but the father was there almost immediately and uh, to apologize on behalf of his son that his son hadn't stolen, he had stolen because he had abandoned his sons for like three years, he wasn't with them. So I made a plea with the authorities and it was compacted into suspension of two weeks. And in the course of that two weeks, I was able to bring this boy together to become like a transitional parent from that kind of unhealthy behavior to a healthy behavior. Uh, and when I look at that, I look at, oh, there are a lot of boys here that are going through this kind of unhealthy behavior because there are no sort of developmental positive role models for them. So that was what led to the establishment of Voice Mentoring Advocacy Network, of which it has been become a global uh, platform for young men who transit from their boyhood to manhood. And that's what we've been doing for the past uh, uh, five years. So but prior to that, I was engaging coaching teenagers, you know, mentoring them, guiding them, providing support system positively for them. And uh, I've been with that, I've been doing that for the past, uh, I think since 2007. So that's what I do basically. And, and right now we have, uh, maybe in the course of the discussion, we have kind of know more about other things I do with the, the youth and especially the boys here in Nigeria. Yeah. Well, you know, um, uh, for those who have not seen any of the connection that Ola and I have, I want to let folks know, like, uh, I had the opportunity in, I want to say 2018, 2018 or 2017, um, to go to Nigeria, my first time to Africa, uh, for the Hive Global Leaders Summit. And at that summit, I had the opportunity to present at a school in, um, Nigeria. I forgot the name of the school right now. Um, but, um, a lady from that school said, you know what, you should meet this man, Ola. And I was already leaving the country like in a couple of hours. So I was like, well, I'm leaving right now. She said, well, I'll put you in touch on WhatsApp. And uh, and as I was leaving the country, I met Ola and uh, we've been uh, connected since. And i um, super excited uh, for this conversation, for the work he's doing with boys and men there in Nigeria and the connections he's making with people around the world around this topic. So, you know, in this conversation, this is about you and me. So, you know, as much as we get a chance to also think about uh, the boys in our work, um, it, it all reflects in a big way about us and our own masks. And so you and I are going to make our masks together. So yeah. we folks, most of the times, you know, we come and uh, both of us have our masks ready today. We're going to make our masks live. And uh, 
And this is something really exciting. One of our um, young men working with us from Brazil, he put he made a video the other day really showing people how to make their mask. And I was so proud of that video. Wow. And I'm like, we're, we're going to share it because uh, he um, he showed people how to make their mask online, which is really beautiful. So we're going to be sharing that video pretty soon. So you ready? Ready to jump in? Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm good to go. Okay, here we go. So you have a, a piece of paper, yeah? A piece of paper? Yeah. Okay, great. So we're gonna we're gonna fold it in half and then we're gonna use the left and the right side. The left and the right side. Okay, so the left side will be the front. Uh-huh. The left side will be the front and the right side will be the back. Okay, so we'll just write front and back. All right. And on the left side, the first step. Folks, if you know out there you want to make a mask, you can do yours digitally at millionmask.org and you will see what we're doing, but we're just going to kind of go through it on paper. Uh, so on the left side, Ola, the first step is to draw a mask. So on the left side, draw a mask. And whatever you draw is going to be perfect. But that's the first step. Draw a mask. Did you do a lot of drawing growing up? Did you do a drawing growing up? No, no, not really. So, not really. So I got go to something like this. Oh, hey, whatever you draw is perfect. Whatever you draw is perfect. Okay. Yeah. Um, first of all, cool shape. I didn't think about. I'm, I'm curious about that shape you just drew, but <laughs> now you got me. <laughs> <laughs> and that was just going to my mind anyway. Just like that's what just okay. that's going to the brain. Uh, somehow, maybe you know, it sense how. The mind moves, or uh, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so once you have the mask drawn, let me let me. Okay, I'm doing. Let me do a little bit more on mine. Something's calling me to do this. Okay, give me a second. Hmm. Just give me some ideas. All right. So now on the side where the mask is, you're gonna write three words that are qualities of you that you let the world see? What are three qualities of yourself that you gladly let the world see? Put those on the left side. Left side, compassion. Oh, yeah, don't, don't say that out loud yet. We're gonna, we're, gonna we're gonna have a reveal. Okay. We're gonna have a reveal in a second. So we'll just, uh, you write it and then we'll, once we finish it, then we'll show it. Okay. okay. And now the back, which is the things that three things that you normally don't talk about much. What are three things that you you may not usually let people see things that are just behind the mask, the front of the things that you let people see gladly. And these are the ones that you may not talk much about, but we're going to invite you to write three that you feel comfortable sharing today. All right. Okay. Is it a little, is it a little harder? Is the back a little harder? Yeah, I got three. I got two. You got them? I got two. I'm thinking about it. I, I just want to use the actual word. Yeah. So. Okay. I think this. Okay. So let's uh so if you're finished, are you are you finished the writing part? Yeah. Okay. All right. So now the question you get to answer, since you're the guest, who do you want to go first? Do you do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? You go first. So then uh, me to go first? go first. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right, take a deep breath. Okay, here we go. So this is the front of my mask today, written fresh and for today, new. Uh, the three words I wrote today were serious, dedicated, and passionate. Serious, dedicated, and passionate. And um, I think the reason these words are really like showing up right now for me is, you know, we're in this big season of a lot of work and and the words, I think sometimes serious starts. Like normally I write funny on the front, right? And I like to laugh. I like to be, I like to, to be, I like to enjoy, I like to, I like to enjoy. I like to have fun. And, 
Um, I think I enjoy the work. But I think lately I've been in more like in a serious mode than in like a fun and funny mode. Um, because I think that I feel like a lot of pressure, you know? And um, so I've been serious. I've been dedicated to like getting ready for this big event we have in November, trying to like, you know, build this team, grow the team. I've been, um, you know, like wearing a lot of hats. Um, but I think, I think people would see, and I think I try and show that I'm, I'm not only dedicated to this work, I'm doing, willing to do whatever it takes. Um, I'm passionate about this work. Um, but the fact that I didn't write funny or, or something like that today is, um, is probably pretty telling because, uh, there's some seasons of the work that, uh, may not be fun, right? It's just putting in, putting the work in. And, uh, I think in the big picture, I love the work, but you know, every little task is not like, yay, I love doing paperwork. Yay. I love filing papers, you know, like they're, they're things you don't necessarily like, but you do them because they're a part of the bigger mission. So uh, yeah. that's my mask. That's the mask I have today. So yeah, thank you. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I'm getting to know this very well. From my mask today, I don't know if you can see this. I got three words in here, compassionate, loyalty, and supportive. Now, we just, we put it, put it up a little bit higher just so we can see it. Okay. Let me see right there. Right there. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah. So Fantastic. It's about compassionate, loyalty, and supportive. Thank you. Now, what I mean by, I want the world to see this in me, basically come from my early childhood exposure to how my mother was being compassionate to people around her. You know, I, I see that she was very, very compassionate. So that's, I picked from her, to be honest. So, and I look at people today, you know, compassionate living should be the focus of our existence or our existential life. Because of all the things we're going to be, one thing that will stand us out when we leave the world is the feeling we left behind in the heart of other people. And that feeling originates from a heart that is very compassionate. And that what drives me every day, you know, to bring these feelings out and give it to the world out there. And that for me is why I'm doing most of the things I do right now trying to live life from the compassionate point of view or perspective. And this is necessary in the world today. It's, it's what the world is hungry for. It's, it's a hunger in the world. How many of us or how many people can we can, can be compassionate right now? And um, you know, you you, you can you, you can be passionate about what you do, what you want to achieve. It's like what drives you, but for who and to who? And this is the reason why this world is so very dear to me in terms of letting people know, you can approach me. You're free, ask me whatever you want. If it's in my power to do, I do it. And I, I'm ready to do it. You, you remember some of the things, sometimes you, you have to advise me or like you have to think things and uh, very well, you've told me several times because this is the place where I live from, a compassionate heart. Then secondly, I put the word loyalty there. I believe the, the most rarest people you have in the world today are people that you can trust. Mm. They are very, very rare commodity. They are scarce in the world. If somebody said the the rarest or the most scarce commodity in the world we have right now are people that can be trusted. Mm -hmm. I want to be trusted. So loyalty for me in terms of my relationship with others, I want people to trust me, to see that loyalty in what I do and in my relationship with them. It's very fundamental to me. 
In fact, it hurts me when I breach a kind of trust or because everything can be can be destroyed and can be replaced. But right now, if I betray the trust you have in me, I lost everything about you and I. It takes years from if 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 I if I if perhaps, let's say for instance now I stole money from you and you caught me to have stolen that money. You may ask me to replace or replace the money. I can replace that money back, but I can never replace that trust back. Mm. So that aspect for me, I want the world to see Allah is loyal to whoever is working with, and that loyalty should earn me whatever that I deserve. Yeah. Powerful. Yeah. The, the third one is to be supportive. You know, somebody said after the verb to love, to help is the most important verb in the English world. Mm. So people actually are looking for support here and there, left and right. So you you demonstrate that by giving help to others. So every, when you become like a support system for people, they look at you as a vehicle for which they can, they can get into their next destination. Mm. So, and we all need one another. But for me, I want the world to see that, ah, Allah is a very supportive individual. Because the important is that it's the number of people you actually support to try that will give you the joy of existence. Mm -hmm. You know, it could come in the kind of maybe a random act of kindness. It could come in one way that you want to, you want to put a smile on somebody. It could come in a long time support system. Maybe you want to help this individual, like offering maybe kind of educational support program. In fact, I, I, I want you to know this. I have a group of parents here in Nigeria, which sometimes when I earn little money, I put this money together and I use it like a revolving loan scheme. I don't take anything from there. There are about 30 of them. And every month, this money circulates. These are people ordinarily that don't have collaterals to get money from the bank. And they don't have a means to expand their businesses. But you know, for me, I, I could use that money to get luxury things for myself. Okay. Yeah, luxury is good. But when you look at the environment of people you live with and you look up, you got to give this support so that a whole lot of work that will come to you for them coming to you to ask for things, they can do that on their own. And over, over the time, for instance, if you put maybe like $1,000 and you share it maybe with uh, 20 people with $50, $50 every month, and they are evolving this and they are bringing in people in over, over time, it's like you have influence over maybe 100 people. Mm -hmm. And what you are doing is that you are supporting their businesses in such a way that this stress that is going to come to them is released, is, is, is reduced drastically. So that kind of support system I do. I bring kids together who can't read and write, establish a literacy center for them. And in these literacy centers, they come to learn basic literacy skills, speaking, writing, comprehension, and uh, 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 what are the, yeah. So you see all of that is just being supporting a child. So, so these are what I want the world to see. I'm compassionate, my loyalty is established, and I'm very supportive of every individual around me, no minding race or religion. So that's that's those three things I really, really want the world to see. Like, yeah, to help. Mm, that's great. Thank you. Thank you for sharing about the programs. Um, I'm, I'm, I only know about one of them, the literacy one. So thank you for that. Um, 
All right. Well, now we're moving to the back. So now we're moving to the back. These are the these are the things that we don't um we don't talk about much or we don't let people see often or we don't share too much, but this is the part of this work, right? The, um, so here's mine, the back. <clears throat> uh, self-doubt, confusion, and fear. Self-doubt, confusion, and fear. And, yeah. the, and the one right now for me that is like standing out the most, um, you know, I've been, uh, I've been on this project trying to work on this book and like, I found myself like, I carved out time like the, I mean, what day was it uh, Monday? So a Monday, Monday for here was a holiday. It was Labor Day. So I carved out time. I'm going to sit in the cafe. I'm going to write, go to the cafe. I'm going to have three hours, maybe even four. I'm going to sit and I'm going to write. I'm just going to I got a plan. I got one document open. I know what I'm going to do. I go into the document. I start writing. Well, I start thinking about writing and then I'm like, Oh, you know what? I'm going to go to the program so I can record my voice and then I'm just going to transcribe it. So then I go to the program and I get ready to start setting up the transcription. And then I'm like, oh, you know what? I need to send a text to somebody about this thing before I forget. And then I text this person. And then like literally I started watching myself like as I was like metacognitively watching myself do so many other things now all important stuff all mission stuff but not about the book it was every other mission and every other project that i was working on and every other thing that i had to do became so much more important and i think that that part i, I sat back and I, maybe an hour later i'm like okay Ashanti, what are you doing you, you're supposed to be writing right now and you're you're doing emails you're doing i mean i'm doing work I'm working. And I think I heard somebody say um, once, uh, I forgot who said this quote, but it was like, oh, imagine to climb the rungs of a ladder and realize you're up against the wrong building. And I was climbing. I was working. I was doing stuff. I was getting stuff done. And when I looked up in three hours, I had recorded not one word for the book. I had not written one and I was like, how did that happen? And sometimes it's doubt. I'm, I'm in my mind. I'm like, what am, what's, I'm confused. So the confusion, <laughs> the confusion is like, what happened here? Like, and I think it's, it's fear. Like some, some, some of there's some fear in there maybe of like, I don't really know. I'm, I gotta do some, I'm so I need to do some work on this. There's some, this is some deep reflection work that I'm doing right now to understand myself a little bit better. Because I, I committed the time. I committed to be at this place for a certain amount of time to do this work, and I literally ran around it. And so I'm, I'm, I'm in deep thought. I'm in deep thought today about this thing that happened a couple of days ago, and I'm asking myself, what are you afraid of, Ashanti? What are you running from? What are you? And so anyway, those are the ones that I don't talk much about. I mean, people who really, really know me probably know a few of them. Um, because there's only a few people who really, really know me that way. But I, I, I'm sharing it here right now because that's what this is about. This is these conversations are about, you know, as much real talk as we can have to recognize that, man, I'm human. And sometimes the, the flashy background and the other stuff is is nice. But there's some real stuff going on that sometimes perplexes me and confuses me. So yeah. that's the back. That's the back of my mask today. So. Yeah, I'm complete there. Yeah. On my own back, you can see here. Uh, I got this. I don't know if you can see this right now. Vulnerability, uh, worthlessness, and afraid. Mm. Thank you. I, at least I don't want the world to see. You know, I don't want people to feel that I. I am vulnerable in terms of just to cover that up. It's, it's one thing I'm trying to cover up in me. Yeah. And why, why is that? Because sometimes I don't want to open up because 
I don't kind of find a safe place where I can just open up my heart for people to know um, I'm, I'm in this place right now. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of affects me as, as an individual. And in most substantial years of my life, I had to battle with this vulnerability. In areas like, for instance, I, I, I may have to do certain things or visit certain places. And because of the fact that the sense of that, uh, you're going to be vulnerable if you get there, and people are going to see this in you. So I kind of avoid that place not going. And I ought to be there. Mm. But because I felt I don't want anyone to see my vulnerability, I will avoid going to such places. And in the real sense of it, by the time I meet people from their family, what's wrong with you? Mm. You know, nobody is perfect. We fall short. Yeah. But I don't want anybody to know that I'm, I'm falling short of something. Mm-hmm. So I cover that up, and in most, in most of the time, this leads to serious anxiety or rumination. Now we have this ruminating anxiety sometimes, and that's what leads to the next one, that's worthlessness. I tell you, sometimes my case will be like someone like who has killed a lion, and is afraid of a goat. Mm. You know, I, I, it's just come and say, I don't know. Okay, what is it that you, you are, you are, you are meant to? Mm. And in most cases, it, it comes from a place where you begin to think of this achievement culture that we live in in the world right now. It sets a lot of people to look, to see themselves as being worthless because the culture we have right now, it is not good enough for us or for a lot of people because you kind of see left, right, everything is just achievement. You don't achieve it, you are not recognize and as a matter of this kind of worthlessness i feel like okay possibly maybe somebody drives a limo and i'm i'm driving maybe a a mini van you know you feel like oh it's it's way way ahead of me you know Mm. yeah I, i kind of struggle with that yeah but of late i just come to realize that whatever anybody is having right now is not better than me it's different from what i have mm. so that's the solution i was able to provide for myself if i live in a mansion and you live in a mansion your mansion is still different from mine not better than mine if i live in a house it's hot and you live in a mansion we both have eight hours, 12 hours sleep. Mm. So you live in a different building. I live in a different building. So that is gradually resolving the issue of that sense of worthlessness for me, because this is a big, big one for most people right now. Mm. You know, over time we feel this worthlessness and we look at the number of people you influence their life, the number of people you supported, and you just go back home, maybe on a day you just felt that, oh, there is a little kind of maybe financial cash flow delay, and then that setting sets in. Or you want to move from point A to point B, you begin to wonder, why, why is this? Where am I right? I remember a time in my life, I, I, shan't, you know, I have to give myself a serious slap in the morning that if I'm fighting myself because mm. I feel so worthless. Mm. I just taste mm. myself a big slap, you know, 
and my body is not a problem. I'm just hurting my body. Mm. But it's coming from a place of worthlessness. That was mm. that was the left. So I don't want the world to see this. Then being afraid. Mm. That's the third one. I'm afraid, to be honest with you. But I just covered it up. Yeah. And and when it happens, uh, it, 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 because we have to understand this, this, this word fear or being afraid. It is not that we don't have courage, but uh, sometimes it appears that we, we don't connect to the energy that, that will help us to advance our course yeah. or the goals we want to achieve or the objectives we want to create for ourselves. And this sort of being afraid comes from the place of, let me say, tension, you understand? That's the place it actually comes from. It, it, it bring this kind of a you want to achieve something and it appears that the closer you are getting to get it, the farther the things is away from it. I don't know if you have experienced that before. <laughs> and you know, I, I, sh- I, should have, I should have gotten this now. Why is it that it's, it, uh, uh, as close as I, I was, or I am, and all of a sudden because like uh, it's, it's elongated again. And you know, so that kind of fear you're setting. Will I ever get these things? Will this really ever happen? You know. So sometimes I don't want people, I don't want the world to notice that. that okay, I'm pushing, though I'm pushing, and I'm pushing really good. But the fact that this thing is elongated again, increase that fear, and that fear results into serious tension. And sometimes, if I couldn't manage the tensions, I just go back to. I will withdraw away from the world totally. Mm. And I could stay there for a very long time until something positive just, just comes from immortality, like an energy, positive energy, to get over that again and again. And sometimes maybe a little, it could be song, maybe some good song, or I just pick up a book and I just open the page of the book and I just see something there and that takes me off that thing. That's that's those are the things I really have at the back of my mask. So. Man, that, that's fantastic. And I and I'm really, really excited about it. First of all, thank you for let me just take a breath and and just appreciate you for for sharing those things. And I think um I think that one of the things that one of the things I recognize in our work around these masks is, you know, on the outside, this idea, and we talked about the back, which really stood out. And I think I see it, I felt it. I think this idea of, I feel like I'm getting so close to the thing. And then I feel so far away from the thing, feeling like I don't know why I get into the comparison mode. And one of, what I, one of the things I learned and I heard is comparison is a thief of all happiness. Absolutely. And so when we find ourselves comparing and as adults, you know, when I talk to young people about it, when I talk to them about how they compare and how they may feel, I don't talk about it from this theory. <laughs> I talk about it from a real place of like, yeah, I was mm-hmm. on my, I was on Instagram the other day and I was like feeling like I was like making progress. And then you realize it didn't happen the way I envisioned it to happen. Exactly. And you realize yeah. And I yeah. and, and if I get sucked into that, and I think our young people, I think the studies, I'm glad this didn't exist when I was a teenager. I'm so glad. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a different level of anxiety and worry our kids are having to deal with that we, that I never had to deal with, right? I, I never had to worry about comparing myself to somebody who I have never seen, will never meet. Because only people where I, I compare myself to people were people who were magazines necessarily or people mm-hmm. on TV. But now there's a countless number of people out there that you have opportunity to compare yourself to 
mm-hmm. who are in these devices who mm-hmm. are who are e- either telling only part of the story or embellishing the highlights real. Uh, and, I, yeah. and I think that um, you know, now and I have to be careful now too as an adult. Like not only what I'm glad I didn't have it as a teenager, as an adult, I have to be careful because I can easily get into comparison mode too. And I and when you said that, I'm like, oh yeah, I've done that. I do it all the time. I do I, I do it too often. And I'm I'm really working through it now a lot better than before, where I would make a video and I'm like, oh, I can't share that. That's not uh, that's yeah. not really good. And then yeah, I, yeah, yeah. And I would I would keep it and I would just keep storing yeah. them and storing them. And I've had uh-huh. even my even my young people in the program be like, when I when I try and encourage them to be their best, and they're like, but you do the same mm-hmm. thing. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, you're right. But I don't do it because I want to do it. I do it because it's hard. And so I'm not telling you to do it because I think it's easy. I'm telling you that I think you can do it because I believe in you. And I think that sometimes we just need some people to believe in us. Sure. Like we can be believing. I think you ultimately have to both believe in yourself. You have to, you know, we say we have to be self, self-sufficient. Yes. But sometimes it really just, it means something to have somebody say, I see you. I hear Absolutely. you. Absolutely. I'm here for you. And I Absolutely. think that that's the power of the, the mentoring work that you're doing with the boys. Right. Yeah. Like, like as an adult, you would think you, you should be over that. But I think even as adults, we may have forgotten the need of a mentor as well. And I think, or maybe people as adults have never had a mentor. So they're like, I don't need no mentor. I mean, I think that recently, um, and this is the last thing I'll say about this, you know, uh, I, our organization received a grant and with the grant, um, I get a coach and I've had people approach me before about being a coach and coaching me or something. I'm like, what what I need that for? I ain't never had no coach. What what I need a coach for. Right. And literally with this grant, I get a coach like it's it's provided through the organization. And so I was like, okay. And literally after the second call, after the second, even the first one, but I was, I don't want to be, I don't want to overthink it. I don't want to be like, I'm psyching myself out. After the second call, I said to myself, what have I been doing my whole life? Like, mm-hmm. how how did I not know the value? I'm a mentor. I run a mentoring organization. How did I not think that I need to have a mentor and a somebody for myself as well? And I think that that has transformed so much of my thinking. And it's only been a couple of months. Um, but I am so thankful. And I think that we, I'm, I'm forever the student. Uh, you know, I, I get to do a lot of teaching, but I am clear that I need to continue being forever a student. And uh, and so thank you for sharing those words. I really appreciate it. Uh, I, I thank you so much for the opportunity to be on the platform. Too. Similar experience to what you just said, you know, sometimes we adults, uh, we don't see the need for mentors. I actually don't have a physical mentor for <clears throat> the most part of my life because the issue of trust is always there. Can I trust this person to be my mentor? Well, I, I, I see a lot of kids being taken advantage of who seek for mentors and not actually find the actual uh, mentor who can provide this nurturance, because when you talk about mentor, somebody who gives you the positive nurturance, psychologically, physically, and emotionally, and sometimes socially. You know, my growing up was very challenging because of the kind of dad I had. He was never somebody positive that I can take. It is not positive I could say I can take from until when I become an adult and reflect on some of the positives that he actually got there. But what I have done over the years was that to see my mentors in books. So I go to a lot of books in my, I read a lot. I have a lot of books from Wendea, Robert Kulia, a lot of Robin, Tony Robbins, uh, John Maxwell, uh, Jack Canfield, so many of them. So sometimes when I have issues that really bothering me at that point, I look for somebody who has written something in that particular uh, field or challenge I'm going through. Then I want to find out their opinions about it. 
But that was not the yet of my problems. Because sometimes you are reading the book, even if you bring the author in front of you, like the author is just talking to me now, because that's how I approach reading books. Mm. When I pick the books, I look at the author of that book, he's seated in front of me, and he's talking to me the way I'm talking to you. Mm. But that has not solved that problem because I'm not feeling that, I'm feeling the mind of that person. But the physicality of that person, I'm not feeling it at that time. Mm-hmm. So it, it now creates this hunger for me. Where is this man? But fortunately, I got one you know, not too long ago, you know, who is now like a dad, a mentor mm-hmm. he's from New York, you know, and he's really guiding me in such a way that. So I really look back and find that, oh, this was what was actually missing in my life over the years. So we truly, as an adult, no matter how old we are, we actually need a mentor. And who is a mentor? You know, when you look at it, it's relationship. That's what mentor is. And what I mean relationship, I mean positive relationship. You need somebody in a positive relationship that understands the steps you are taking and the results you want to generate. And when you are generating these results, you could measure that milestones with you, which oftentimes I don't take into account measuring those milestones. I just feel that, oh, this is done, I can move forward. Even to celebrate those milestones sometimes becomes so difficult because I don't recognize it. Or he has to call me, or like, this is something you have to recognize. Take this, go get this, you know, take yourself out and have this for yourself, you know, so that you can see that there's more or less like a, a kind of a collective kind of celebration and gratification of an achievement rather than having a solo gratification for whatever you have achieved. There are two different things. So it, it helps that way and as well, they make it look like, okay, somebody is on this, journey, this same journey with me and you want to see me produce this result. Mm. Mm. Uh, because you mentioned books twice, and uh, I want to ask you, do you have a favorite, what's your favorite book? Because I think since it came up twice, it's calling me to, to to inquire. You mentioned some authors out there, but what do you have a favorite book? Do you have a favorite or a favorite today? What's today, just naming off the top, what is your favorite book? I think go back to the little book as a man thinking by James Allen. As a man thinking uh... by James Allen. It's, it's one powerful book that you know it's it, it got across all religion, all sector. Then after that, uh, I would say Secret of Ages by Robert Collier. Robert Collier. Robert Robert Collier, Secret of Ages. Secret of Ages, okay. By Robert Collier. It, it all deals with uh, the, the mind, though, but at least you, you're going to see some great, great uh, work in that book. Uh, I have a lot of books that I can't, I can't really... No, 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 no. Let's stick with those two. We'll stick with those two. Yes, yes. We'll These are old two. books anyway, because they are, <laughs> they are books that are close to about 100 years so there are no books for this. But when you look at these two books, you find that these are the foundations of personal development. Mm. This is where they all draw strength from To These two authors, they are very powerful. Robert Collier and James Allen. They are yeah. very, very powerful. And, you know, I've written, I've, 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 I've lived my life from those two books because mm. they it's, it answers virtually, especially as a Manticate is just a book you can read in 40 minutes. Yeah, well, I'm a big fan of that book. So when you said it, I was like, oh, yeah. I have not heard The Secret of Ages. So that's a that's one I will, I will, I will put this in the show notes so people can can find it for themselves. Um, you know, as we as we wrap up, here's what I want to know. I want to ask you, I think, you know, this opportunity for this conversation has... I've been knowing you, what, 20, since 2017, I think, 2017, yes, 2018? Yes. 2018? 2018, yeah. yeah. So I'd imagine that, you know, we've had lots of conversations over these years, uh, but we haven't had this conversation. And so I, I'm glad that we're having this conversation now. And I think for all those out there who have people in your life who you care about, I think 
one thing is also being curious. And I think that this idea of having taking time, I mean, we spent right now, you and I spent an hour, but you know, busy people out there don't have an hour. They feel sometimes maybe you got 10 minutes, maybe you got 20 minutes to just call someone. Maybe you got someone in your life who you would be interested in making a mask with. Maybe I, I invite you to do that. I invite you to be a part of this movement with us because um, every mask you make and every mask that you invite someone else to make, not only it becomes a part of this million mask movement, let's put the movement aside. It's a deeper connection with somebody potentially learning something that you didn't know before. And that's what I'm hoping that we get to do continually. And I'm glad that you made time today. Um, I would like to, is there anything that you, as, as a mentor, as a, a, a man in the community, trying, really trying to improve the life for, for men and boys, is there um, any, um, any message you have for people out there who are doing this work? Uh, any message, maybe not, maybe it's not a message for them. Maybe it's a message for you, right? But it's a message that you want um, people to take with them as they hear this conversation as they move forward in their lives. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For me, if there's a message I want to share to the world in less than five minutes, it's going to focus on why do you live? That's the question I want everyone out there to really answer for themselves. And for me, I will share the answers I've been able to at least arrive at after deep thinking and deep study. You know, in existential psychology, the word live is synonymous to exist. And that word L-I-V-E and exist means that if, for instance, you go into a garden, you can identify a mango because it stands out like a mango. So the mango leaves. Something stands that tree out. Every, everything in the garden just stands out on their own. So in a, that means to live means to stand out. Where you, this, the best way you know that you live is where you stand out or you stood out as an individual then what can you do to stand out? Across all the religious texts I've read, all the books I've read, the summary of it is, I was able to create an anagram for the word L-I-V-E. And the first word there that you do every day before you go to bed to make sure that you go to bed with satisfaction that you have lived for the day is to love, love others. You know, love is just like the sunshine that comes up in the morning. He doesn't know whether you are black, brown, yellow, whatever. He gives it to everyone. And he doesn't tell you, you are owing me because I supply you sunshine to grow or to grow the food we eat and everything. So love makes the world to feel it. So if you have not loved today, you have not lived for that day. Mm. The second one there is to inspire, you know, others. Let your life become inspiring. The word inspire is to breathe life into uh, a dead situation or a dead circumstances or something that is going on around, around you. And somebody is feeling that, oh, there's no life. When you step in, people should feel that you are there. Your life should bring back that job. And the next one is the V in it is value others by creating value with your life. What you're doing now is that you're creating value for the world, you know. So you must value others and you must create value. Everything that you and I are using now is a value creation and value added to humanity. And you arrive here to be added to the human race by bringing your value into the world. Mm. And the last one is the E, you know, and you know this, is, I think it's the Zen or maybe the, I think it's, an, it's, it's a sage in one of these uh, countries that say, if you want to plan for a year, you plant a corn. If you want to plan for 10 years, you plant a tree. And if you want to plan for 
a lifetime, you educate children. Educate others. That is the E there. Let's, this is how you know you live your day. Who do you educate today? That you give a knowledge. The knowledge you have is what has given you an edge or an advantage. Who benefits from that on a daily basis? For me, this is what answers why I live. And that's what I want to throw out there. How do you live? You love, you inspire, you create value and value others, then you educate others. Let people get to benefit from the knowledge you have right now. And I want to say thank you to everyone. Oh, man. Okay. That's how you drop the mic on the way out the door. Man, I appreciate that, brother. Thank you for being here with us. And, you know, um, folks out there, if you haven't yet made a mask, you can do that at millionmask.org. If you know of a teacher, educator, counselor, someone working in a school, invite them to join the 100 School Challenge. Uh, this will be the last set of a free trainings that we do um, for this next season. And so we're supporting 100 schools. So if you know of a teacher educator who wants to support their students around this work, around living fully alive, yeah. Yeah. we invite you to be a part of this Million Mask movement. And so um, you heard it. You heard live stands for love, inspire, value, and educate. And so yeah. take that with you as you hear this conversation. Share this episode with someone. Uh, Ola, all the way from Nigeria, thank you for being here with us. And um, listen, uh, what time is it there? Because I know we're on two different time zones. So what time is it there? It's uh, 6 o'clock right now. 6 o'clock in the evening and 10 o'clock in the morning. So you're eight hours different from us. So as you're winding down the rest of your day, thank you for being with us. And we'll see I appreciate you. it, Daily Thank you so much. We'll see you real soon. And tell tell people how they can follow, find. Oh, actually, we can't leave this out. Tell people how they can find you and your work. Where do you where do you want them to follow you? What platform do you want them to like see your work? Yeah, you can find us at uh, bmanadvocacy.org. That's our website. And uh, social media uh, icon is just at BMAN Advocacy on Facebook, on Instagram, and on LinkedIn. And you can find me on Facebook, and you can find me on LinkedIn. And uh, yeah, I think I'm more on the Facebook person. Then, so that's my major social network. And you can connect with me using my phone number, plus 234-802-301-0602. And good enough today is International Literacy Day. So help us support a boy to learn how to read and write in Nigeria. We we'll appreciate that. All right. We'll put that, we'll put those links in the show notes, folks. Thank you, Olaf, again for being here with us. I appreciate you for being on the show. Thanks for sharing your mask with me and with the world and uh for, for being vulnerable today. So thank you for being willing to do that. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm happy to be here and support more. Thank you for supporting us all this while, brother. We appreciate you very, very dear. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. All right, folks, we'll see you next time. Please make a comment if you haven't already. Um, all that stuff, you know, all that stuff that we do, that people ask you to do, do that stuff. Yeah, just to help get the word out. Tell, tell somebody about this podcast and we'll see you soon, folks. Take care, everybody. Peace. Taking Off the Mask podcast is produced by Ryan Louie. Graphics are by Kelly Wong. And a special thanks to the team at Ever Forward, Vanessa Cortez and Choque Allen Alvarez. We'd like to thank everyone who's been a part of the creation of this podcast as we cross the 100th episode milestone and begin the work to the next 100. We hope that everyone who's been a part knows that they're a part of the Taking Off the Mask family. And we look forward to you being a part of it as well. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe, write a five-star review, and share as we look forward to continuing to have conversations that matter. Stay tuned for the relaunch of the Million Mask Movement on 11-11-22. That's November 11th of 2022. There's a math problem in there. You can find out more by visiting everforwardclub.org and following us on social media. Take care, and we'll see you soon.